0: Welcome to the Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we shall be covering minute number 48, which goes from 47 to uh, 47.59 on the clock. Uh, And in this minute, it is mostly discussion about, you know, uh, should they put ads on Facebook? (laughs) Uh, There's a little tiny bit towards the end of a cease and desist letter um, where, you know, I I guess it kind of ends with... (laughs) With the discussion over, you know, they're saying that we stole the Facebook, and Eduardo says, "Did we?" <laughs> and that's kind of where the minute finishes. Uh, But like the first half of it is kind of, you know, mostly discussion about um, advertising and then we kind of get into the cease and desist letter, which, you know, we've already seen discussed by the Wink of Oz twins and Divi Narendra as their first course of action. Uh, Their father's lawyer is going to send a letter, (laughs) was was how they framed it. And joining me to talk about this minute today is Ali Pitts. Hello, Ali. Hello, Darren. Thanks for having me on. I mean, if in doubt, sue someone, right? Yes. Uh, And the weird thing, of course, is, you know, having seen it from the point of view of the Wink of Oz twins before we get to see... Uh, Eduardo discover the letter. Obviously, we've also seen a little bit of the deposition with Eduardo in the deposition with The Wink of Oz Twins mm. and Divya Narendra, which is the only time that um, that Andrew Garfield shares a scene with The Wink of Oz Twins and Divya Narendra. Um, with, with both so army kind of, of, hammers. Yes, with both the army's hammer. Um, <laughs> and and so we've. that's the only time that they actually share any screen time. Otherwise, you know, there's stuff like this where Eduardo discovers the letter. And kind of talks about it, um, but then you know we we kind of find out that that Mark is kind of just you know ignored it really. <laughs> I, mean, um, I guess you could say that like this this minute is kind of the start of the two reasons that Mark Zuckerberg will get sued. Yes. Um, You know, which is, you know, Eduardo, you know, they they were talking about Mountain Dew, which, as I said, had been we'd seen them had some Mountain Dew in their fridge. So I don't know if they still got that Mountain Dew. And that's what's caused Mark Zuckerberg to say Mountain Dew at this point. (laughs) Um, You know, and and of course, he says, I you know, I wasn't thinking about Mountain Dew, but, you know, he's the business end of the company. Obviously, that is going to be a sticking point later on. Um, And I like that kind of Mark Zuckerberg frames it as we don't even know what it is yet. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it can be. We don't know what it will be. Um, You know, we know that it's cool and that is a priceless asset. I'm not giving up. Now, obviously, I'm guessing that the interaction we've seen with, you know, these people saying, you know, that's Mark Zuckerberg created the Facebook. Um, There's been more of those that have been off camera up until this point (laughs) than we haven't seen. I'm guessing that Mark Zuckerberg is kind of getting bombarded a little bit with people kind of coming up to him and saying, you invented the Facebook. Like, I'm guessing that's a thing that at this point, you know, Mark is both annoyed by because obviously, you know, he doesn't seem like the person who kind of likes this attention, but also is reveling in a little bit because obviously he now has this reputation of being the person who created the Facebook and everybody loves the Facebook and it's got 4000 members. And, you know, so it's kind of interested that, you know, like he sees he sees what the, the you know, this particular thing was, um, which I would even argue by the time they opened it out to the public, you know, which was a long time before they started accepting adverts um it still was that kind of thing mm. of like this is the this is a cool new website that people need to kind of get onto so it kind of had that cachet even when it was opened out you know a couple of years after this even when there was you know millions of people joining it it was still kind of fairly cool yeah um to kind of be on facebook and so i can you know in 2010 when i saw this film you know i was on facebook and i could I'm not I hadn't been on facebook very long but i could kind of understand what mark is saying here of like you know this is the website everyone wants to join I don't want to ruin that by sticking a bunch of pop-up ads <laughs> on.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, um, and this is yeah. and this, it's picked up later when when they're when they're talking about like it doesn't take much to turn something cool into something that's lame and that no one wants to to be a part of. But in terms of Mark and the notoriety, uh, it it's picking up on what was introduced in the very first scene is that mark wants to distinguish himself in some way and you know he is aware that he has he has now done this um yeah
0: and he's very conscious yeah. how, of that. how does how does he stand out on a campus of 1600 sats and mm, yeah you know this how do you stand out of being a genius in china when there's you know 300 <laughs> million of you? yes and so yeah and i i like as well you know eduardo says when will he be finished and of course <laughs> mark is like "It's like fashion And Eduardo's like, what? And I do kind of understand. I understand how Mark is putting this, which is like fashion is never finished, which is true. You know, like fashion is never finished. Like, you know, there's always another, you know, London fashion show or New York fashion show. Like there's always, you know, you might get the seasons and things might change every now and then. But like in terms of like high fashion, there is always something new coming along. There's always new designers. There's always something that is going to be cool and different. And, you know, that is that is kind of, you know, I can understand that point of view. But then, of course, at the same time, Eduardo is like, yeah, but they still make money selling pants, which is. <laughs> well, and, and of course,
1: which... and he and he's like, Mark, you talk, talking about fashion since when do you know anything about that is the kind of like the implied thing, because of the two, it's pretty easy to ta- to des- decide who is the snappy dresser.
0: <laughs> Yes. Uh, and that is how Eduardo was introduced in the script as well. He's like a well-dressed uh, young Brazilian boy. So mm. um you know and I also find it interesting that in this scene we have a bit of business uh, going on as <laughs> Eduardo goes to the fridge, takes out two beers as if he's going to give one to Mark, but Mark has already got himself a beer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, that's that's then, a and, nice and observation. And Eduardo has to Eduardo has to give him the, the like, has to throw him the, uh, the, the, the kind of the bottle opener. And it's like, Eduardo came into the flat, you know, obviously thinking, oh, I'm here with my friend. I'll get us a couple of drinks. But Mark is just thinking of himself and he's just like, I'm going to have to get myself a drink. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I, I love how that he kind of says just with the, just that with that little bit of business there, It's it, not only that, but of course, Andrew Garfield does some wonderful kind of like prop stuff as he's like got these two beers and he's trying to figure out yeah. He has to put the second one down somewhere after he's opened the first one and then he has to throw the, like there's a whole kind of little bit of physical stuff going on between the two of them that, that's kind of really well done. Um, and I only I can only imagine that they literally had to open hundreds of bottles of beer kind of doing these takes. Yeah, over and over again. Um, so it's it's kind of fun that they like there is that kind of just kind of, you know, subconscious like Eduardo will just take two bottles of beer out of the fridge because somebody else is there. Um, this is something he did. He does later on when, you know, the girls eventually come and meet everybody in the in the dorm. Um, you know, he kind of passes stuff around and kind of makes sure that people have got stuff to drink. And, you know, that's obviously Eduardo's kind of, you know, he's kind of trying to manage stuff. Whereas Mark is just literally thinking about himself and, and, and his own I, particular I, goals at that yeah,
1: specific which minute, is, you know,
0: just having a beer. Yeah. Um, and I do I do kind of like how as Eduardo is talking about this, this is where he kind of sees the letter on the mantelpiece and he's like, what is this? And I like how Mark is kind of like, what? Like he'd like he's probably seen this letter like a couple of weeks ago and didn't really think about it. And yeah, it and is shoved like, in a very random place. Yeah, so I do kind of like how you know. I mean, it feels a. I don't know. It feels a little bit kind of like hacky to have him kind of discover this letter like this
1: just after uh, like, they've had had this other significant conversation about you know do we advertise do we do we not Yes, it's it's a lot of significant stuff to be discussing in. In one minute, it's a bit of like movie magic, as as you say, in terms of
0: like, yeah, compressing the story. I, I think I think it kind of works just because obviously, you know, we could go about this a more circuitous way and, you know, Eduardo could find out some other way. But it just feels like, you know, he probably would just kind of run into the letter, um, you know, given that some of this comes from testimony, it's probably it's probably kind of the way that Eduardo found out it was probably, you know, reluctantly Mark kind of shared it with him. Um, and I kind, of, I kind of like how, as Mark says, it's a cease and desist letter, he does what he did at the very start of the scene, which he goes, what were their names? Um, you know, which which is something that he did when they entered. And, you know, he's like, we need to start advertising. And, of course, he's like, what were their names? And so this this question, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like Mark knows that if he distracts Eduardo with these two, like, cute girls that they've just met, that maybe he won't think about this issue. And so I do kind of like how he's like, who, the girls? And it's like, Eduardo is still stuck, though, kind of like reading you know, this letter, well, and, and also we get an indication of how quickly the growth was for Facebook because he says that he only got this like 10 days ago, which was after they launched the site. Mm-hmm. Of course, we also know that, um, you know, it was uh, Edward. Uh, sorry, Div- Divya Narendra only read about, you know, the launch of the Facebook like about five days after in the Crimson. So mm-hmm. th- roughly in the first 15 days, they got 4,000 people have joined yeah. Facebook, which is kind of insane like and and i like how this this is this you know the kind of what were their names comes back like one more time yeah he's kind of a bit of a dog with a bone on this one yeah when he's like you know the girls (laughs) eduardo keeps going like you know, the, the Winklevoss twins are saying that you stole their idea. Now, the I think it's interesting that this is, you know, this is basically Eduardo's first time finding out about the Winklevoss twins and he calls them the Winklevoss twins.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
0: it's just a weird thing that always kind of sticks with me because it's like, wouldn't he have just said the names that were in the letter, which were probably, you know, the Winklevoss twins by name and then also Divian Rendra by name. Like, their three names would have been listed. Yeah, So he doesn't necessarily know themselves... that
1: they're they're twins. I mean, they could
0: be brothers yeah. who are in different years in the university. Well, this is it. Yeah, they could be. They could be whoever you know. Tyler and Cameron could mean anything. One of them could be. One of them could be a girl. Both of them could be girls. Quite That's, frankly, I with those names so. yeah. in the two <laughs> thousands. So, like the fact that he's he's like saying the Winklevoss twins. Uh, That's always stood out as him being a little bit ahead of the story Mm, uh, mm. in terms of the writing. But I guess they've got to get there as quickly as they possibly can. Um, And, you know, Mark says, I find it to be mildly annoying. And of course, they find it to be intellectual property theft. And he's like, why didn't you show it to me? And I do love this one. This is like one of the moments where it feels like Mark Zuckerberg deliberately being a bit evasive and a bit obtuse where he's like, it was addressed to me. And it's like yeah <laughs> like I guess that's correct Mark but you know if if you're it's not expecting Eduardo, yeah it, it feels a little bit kind of like you know somebody somebody kind of not asking you a specific question in a specific way and you responding by saying well you didn't ask me that it's like well yeah but you know you got the general gist of what I was asking about and this is the kind of same thing of like you know okay it's addressed to you but you know again this is also Eduardo's kind of bias of like you know he thinks of the Facebook as a thing that they're doing together. As
1: their thing, not Mark's thing. Yeah.
0: So it might have been addressed to Mark because obviously his name's on the site. But, you know, I can understand why Eduardo is like, well, why didn't you say anything? Oh, yeah,
1: I'm I'm absolutely Um, in Eduardo's corner on this one. Mark is being not a very good friend
0: here. And the scene, of course, finishes at the point where, you know, he says i know what it says you know like cuz he cuts him off as he's saying you know you know it says we stole the facebook and of course you know he this is where he says did we um, and did we yeah yeah, yeah the emphasis on
1: <laughs> on the first person plural rather than first person yeah, yeah, yeah. second person singular, you,
0: yeah, uh, no. Yeah, so I, I so, think uh, I think it's interesting because obviously all the stuff to do with the cease and desist letter, we already kind of, we've seen it from the Winklevoss point of view, so we already know it's coming and we already know it's been sent and we already know what the outcome's going to be because obviously we've seen the the lawsuit. So this is just a little bit of kind of like exposition. Uh, So I I don't mind that, you know, Sorkin takes a couple of shortcuts just to kind of get this out, because we've kind of got to have Eduardo discover this. You know, he's already said in his deposition that he kind of didn't know anything about, you know, the cease and desist and all this kind of stuff. So I I feel like we kind of have to see it from their point of view just for a little bit, just so we kind of know that Eduardo is kind of caught up with what's going on with Mark and the Winklevoss twins. Um, But, you, you know, I think the more interesting part of this scene is the whole conversation of, you know, do they put ads on uh, on Facebook and, you know, how do they make money off Facebook? Like, that's the kind of big concern which, you know, Eduardo for the next kind of, I don't know, I am want to say like 30 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. That's his main concern is making money off Facebook, whereas obviously Mark is just, you know, it's cool and, uh, you know, he just wants it to be cool. And he's not the fact that he says it's a priceless asset that I'm not giving up. That's that's kind of the the this is the wedge that will obviously, you know, turn into uh, I mean, the lawsuit that Eduardo brings is not really about this, but it's certainly about the idea of ownership and, and who, you know, who owns the Facebook and what the direction the Facebook is going to take.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think it, it does come later. Um, but I don't think Mark is entirely not concerned about money, but he's kind of like, ah oh, that's down the road, because later on, when we have Sean Parker and Sean Parker's talking about how much money it's worth? Mark's kind of like, oh, cool. This guy, the fact that this guy agrees with me reinforces my idea that I'm right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And and that's and at this point, I think that's what he's really looking for is this kind of reassurance that the way that he's seeing things is correct. And having like an outside yeah. voice come in later on is kind of helpful for that. Um,
1: yeah, and I think I think it's like he he likes Eduardo, but he doesn't necessarily respect him like because if he respected no. him he probably would have told him about the letter and also I, I may maybe i'm reading too much into this but when he says the thing about it's called a cease and desist letter it's it's kind of a slightly patronizing <laughs> thing to say it's not it's not like it's a cease and desist letter he's like he's explaining what this you know thing that a cease and desist letter is and like i mean maybe a 18 19 year old undergraduate wouldn't know what that is but still it's a kind of patronizing way of explaining something
0: yeah and i would say it's also worth saying as well you know obviously when mark says you know when did when he goes when did you get this and mark says right after we launched the site so you know that is kind of the only time in this scene that he kind of counts Mm -hmm. eduardo as Mm -hmm. part of the facebook (laughs) where he's like you know and then later of course you know literally like 30 seconds later he's weaseling out of it by saying it was addressed to me so, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. Also, you know, uh, in the next minute we'll kind of get into, because, again, there's a little bit of the, the, you know, the I and the we thing in the next minute when, it, when they talk about legal action. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, cease and desist letters, at this point in time, you know, there's a few websites that, you know, have had to kind of endure cease and desist letters by the kind of early 2000s. And a lot of the times the cease and desist letters ended up kind of coming to nothing. Um, I'm thinking in particular of, you know, Scientology and a number of websites, (laughs) you Mm. know, that were sent cease and desist letters by the the Church of Scientology. And, you know, it ended up being that the websites were in the right and the Church of Scientology was in the wrong. And I think that's maybe the way that Mark is looking at it as like, you know, of course, people set up a website. As soon as it's successful, people start trying to kind of make money out of it or suing people or like it's just something that happens and yeah it's it's like it's an intimidation tactic yeah and you know if you don't think that they
1: have grounds and we get into that in the next scene then you can just ignore it just because it it's from a lawyer doesn't necessarily mean they have anything to go on
0: yeah like just because just because it's coming from the Winklevoss twins' dad's lawyer uh, not even really a lawyer just their in-house counsel doesn't mean you need to take that seriously and in fact at this point like the fact that like these kids are using their dad's lawyer to send to send a letter i'd be like I would not take that seriously. Like, like, not only is it like the most privileged thing that they probably do in the entire film, but it's like, why would you, why would you take that sense? Like, why would you even like entertain that as a sensible thing? Like it's, it's clearly just like, and and as, as you know, we obviously, you know, Mark and and Eduardo aren't aware of this, but you know, obviously the wonderful line from the scene where, um, you know, where Cameron's, you know, where Tyler, sorry, says, you know, they want to hire the Sopranos, and he goes, "We don't need to." There's two of me. I'm six five and two twenty. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the fact that they could quite easily just intimidate, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. That you know, physically, that you know, the fact that they've got they've gone the legal route is kind of like the you know is probably the more sensible step from their point of view. Um, But yeah, you know, I think Mark Zuckerberg kind of knows that if they wanted, they could just come around and beat the crap out of him. But they haven't done that. They've decided to go the legal route and the legal route's a lot easier for him to ignore than, you know, the Winklevosses standing right in front of him. Of course, a lot later in the film, looming over him. Yeah, yeah. a lot later in the film, we'll find out that, you know, there were points where they chased him across campus, which is true. Uh, That is 100 percent true. (laughs) They did chase him across (laughs) campus trying to get hold of him. So, you know, Mark in the real world had to kind of run away from them like he is with this letter as well um Mm. so yeah i mean you know we'll talk a lot more about the kind of the legal stuff and and later into in the film we you know we really get into the kind of like the advertising thing and you know whether or not i mean of course the irony is everyone knows these days that facebook is you know the timeline is literally 50 percent ads these days (laughs) it's you know so the the kind of uh, uh, this thing that mark was kind of insisting he would never give up he gave up pretty quickly um, you know it's, it's yeah he,
1: he was just he was just willing to sit it out a little bit longer yeah yeah
0: I mean it's worth saying as well like myspace uh never well they had banner ads I think but they were easy to dismiss like you know hmm. so it, it's not like it's not like they kind of dominated the site or anything I don't remember my, yeah you know. it's not something I remember about like that being
1: the reason that I left myspace I think it was just like no one was on it yeah anymore. you know
0: people had people had left so what was the point hanging around yeah. if, if there's no one there exactly yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the cool people have left the party. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, so this is as it's Wednesday. Then I'll simply ask you know what are your opinions of other David Fincher films? You know, as a you know, obviously you said you didn't see this at the cinema mostly because of the trailer. Um, but you know, have you seen other David Fincher films at the cinema? You know, what's generally your opinion of David Fincher? Uh,
1: to be honest, the only David Fincher film that I have seen at the cinema, uh, and probably people will chuckle, is is Benjamin Button. Um, so, uh, which. I, I remember kind of enjoying, but in in general, he's he's someone that I've sort of like not deliberately avoided, but just like just gone. Oh yeah, I can I can kind of watch that anytime. So when you know I uh, was coming on, you knew I was going to be coming on 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 here. I was kind of like ah crap, I've got some catching up to do. So uh, so I um, I watched Gone Girl and Zodiac very recently, and I got most of the way through girl with a, a dragon tattoo and yeah i i yeah i i do i do like him as a director and i'm kind of regretting
0: sort of ignoring him as as long as i did um yeah although, although i but- mean he has a very specific kind of style i think that's the thing about david Fin. i mean there are certain there are certain directors who you know you, you you know you you can't kind of like you kind of see films by them but you i don't think you could really kind of pick out a specific kind of thing that makes their films theirs um, but I think there are a few directors kind of who debuted in the kind of mid mid 2000s, mid 90s, maybe, uh, who are still going today, you know, like, say, Chris Nolan and David Fincher. And they've got very, very specific styles. And it's kind of easy to see when you're in one of their films. Um, but at the same time, it can kind of turn into kind of cliche of like, um, you know, certain ticks that they have. And I think sometimes people kind of feel that David Fincher is guilty of that more than most because he has a very specific way of shooting stuff. And, you know, once you kind of know, like, wh- what he's doing, uh, it's kind of hard not to see, you know, him doing that. But I, I think that what he does is kind of is is brilliant, um, you know, but I think other people kind of, they kind of get a bit tired of having kind of these uh, very controlled shots. And, you know, there's no kind of real handheld and, you know, everything is very kind of like fixed and, you know, deliberate. And I think for some people that kind of is a bit off-putting, but... You know, for me, that's kind of what I like about his style is like it's very kind of like when you're watching a film by David Fincher, he is kind of, you know, he takes over and he doesn't kind of let go. He kind of has a very specific way of delivering you the information. And by the end of the film, you kind of know that you've definitely seen a David Fincher film.
1: It's it's funny. I had it in my head and maybe this is part of my like not seeing as many of his uh, uh, of his films. Um, I had it in my head that he was a flashier director than the recent things of his that I've seen would kind of lead me to conclude, you know. I, I I guess it was just seeing. I I I must confess, I haven't seen uh, Fight Club all the way through. I've kind of like I remember like catching the last half hour of it on on TV and just like and then kind of knowing the spoiler just being like, well, there's no particular reason to seek
0: this out. (laughs) Yeah. That Um, does end with, like, a bunch of buildings exploding, though. So that is kind of, like, a a flashy... It it does, yeah. And it does start with... Maybe that's the thing that gave me the impression that he's
1: flashy. Yeah, Yeah. it does start with Um, someone
0: going through, like, someone's brains and synapses until you arrive at a gun in someone's mouth. Like, so... Yeah. Like, kind of the opening and closing of the film are a bit bigger than most of the stuff that he does.
1: Yeah. And, and 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 maybe it is that the stuff he's done more recently is a, is a bit more, a, a bit lower lower key, uh, perhaps. And, and I, I think I was a bit kind of like ugh, Fight Club, just because it was so popular for a while that I just didn't, I just wasn't particularly interested. Because I have a bit of a thing where if something is, uh, it's something that everyone likes, I'm kind of like, oh, well... <laughs> It can't be that good, which is which is really was kind of
0: inverted snobbery. I mean, it's good, worth but. saying that the film didn't make its money back at the box office. It was actually considered yeah, a of failure. Yeah, that's, that's, so. that's
1: the funny thing, isn't yeah. it? It was like a sleeper hit. It did it did, kind of it did like,
0: really well on DVD. That's that's kind of where it yeah. made its money. Um,
1: yeah, because I think uh, were were critics quite sniffy about it when it when it first was released. I think it did uh, really well. Cinema. It's
0: probably like this. I don't. I don't think. I don't think either David Fincher or Christopher Nolan have got any films on Rotten Tomatoes that are rotten, with the exception of Alien mm. Three. Um, <laughs> that's the only out of the pair of them. That's the only film that they've got that that isn't you know a hundred. Like I mean, I, I think as well, both of them have got like two films that are almost a hundred percent. That are like 97, 98, mm. something like that. So they do. They do. They both do really well critically. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and certainly he doesn't have a, a yeah reputation as somebody who the critics are sniffy about. Actually, funnily enough, um, with David Fincher, he, uh, Seven was the first. 18 that i saw i saw like about half of it when i was that, i think like 12 13 at a friend's house on vhs that was the <laughs> that was the first
0: 18 rated film that i saw at the cinema mm, okay gotcha so yeah <laughs> i was literally 18 as it came out uh, so i was like okay, I'm, going I'm, gonna gonna, go I'm 18 see so yeah yeah i'm gonna go well i mean i was gonna go see it because it at the time it was i mean uh, you know i, I bought uh, like empire magazine and what you know other film magazines at the time and they were all hyping it up mm. Uh, because I think by the time it came over here it had been out in America for like four or five months Um, so kind of it got like there were a lot of kind of interviews and stuff with uh, I remember in Empire there was like a double page feature and it was interviews with all the victims Hmm. Um, and obviously there's you know there's there's uh yeah there's two victims in seven that that aren't victims in the way that the others mm. are so i remember this double page spread having like these five interviews and me thinking Hang oh, on. Seven. <laughs> aren't there meant to be seven yeah so it, i mean it didn't spoil the film because i didn't put it together but it was like this is a bit weird i'm sure maybe i was just like maybe they just didn't get those other actors whoever those other actors were that playing the lasting victims <laughs> yeah. um yeah it, it, it's it's
1: one of those ideas where where. Someone went, that's, that's a good I- idea on, on paper. Like, uh, And then maybe ran out of time to come up with something else when they realised, oh, actually, this
0: doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I have a feeling that was also, like, one of the first, like, issues of Empire that I bought as well. <laughs> mm. But, yeah, so, it like, it was quite hyped up before it came out over here because, you know, it was, it was quite popular. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and
1: Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt were big stars, yeah. Back then as well. Yeah.
0: Well, this, that's, this is it. Like you know, Brad Pitt's had like a career that goes all the way back to Thelma and Louise, and that was like nineteen ninety two. So he's, you know, yeah. he's had a, a certain level of longe- longevity at this point. That's kind of, mm. um, kind of, you know, kind of impressive. Um, you know, given that in the early days I really did not like him as an actor, and uh, you
1: know. Yeah, you've mentioned this one yeah, before. Yeah, yeah,
0: there was a few before I saw. I saw. Se- I saw Seven and Twelve Monkeys like within the space of four months at cinema, and at that point I was like, this mm. Brad Pitt guy really does know what he's doing. But before that, you know, there've been. Basically, he just kind of had this reputation as being like a pretty boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, st- in stuff like Seven Years in Tibet and stuff, and it's like he's just like this kind of vacuous American in the middle of this kind of. Thing. And I'm like, what? What? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Um, yeah, and it took a while before I kind of came around. He's he's mainly here to look good with his well, shirt. Well, yeah, off and that, and that, you know that was literally his entire role in Thelma and Louise was just literally taking off his clothes, <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I, yeah, so, uh, yeah, oh, uh, no. anyway, I feel like we've spent about as much as we possibly can about this episode uh, this minute, Sure, and, and, and David, David Fincher, Fincher. so, uh, let's go to plugs, is there anything that you wish to plug, Ali? Yeah,
1: so, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm uh, Alistair underscore Pitts, and then I also have uh, a Twitter handle for, for my podcast, which is about Russian films, and the podcast is called Russofiles Unite, so the handle is at Russofiles letter U at the end, so... Yeah, so if you enjoyed listening to me on this, then you can hear me talking at more length about Russian films.
0: And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash thesocialminute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the Social Minute Podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today, Alec. Thanks for having me on again. And otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.